in fact, what we see now is that it is not only on the, the lower levels of the pyramid that the federations are using the platform. What we see more and more is that they find this platform as their own communication channel as well towards the top level too. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech, here is your host, Roan Malhotra. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. This is your host today, Roan. And on this week's episode, we are going to talk about content and specifically video content, something that we've talked about at Sports Tech X for a while and how pervasive this concept is. Everybody's clamoring for more and more video for them to consume. And in especially football, this has become a huge trend. We talked about this in our football tech report, automated video production and all the cool companies that are working in this space. And why is it important? Because, hey, at the elite level, everybody gets to see their football matches in these great productions with great graphics and commentators. But at the junior levels, and especially the amateur and uh, younger youth levels, I mean, that content is also valuable for to be shared amongst friends and family, for scouts, for coaches, for the kids themselves to be able to have a platform to showcase their skills. So the value of video content is huge. And today on our episode, we've got somebody who's going to talk about that amongst many other things. The company is called Sportswick. They were featured in our recently published European Sports Tech Report. If you haven't got that, make sure to download it from our website. It's pretty cool to see what's happened uh, looking back at 2020. But no, focusing on Sportswick, today I have co-founder Martin Wicklund on our podcast. How are you doing, Martin? Doing fine, thank you. And thanks for, for having me on your podcast. Good to have you, Martin. I have to start with the Sportswick name. And I believe you managed to get the Wick of Wicklund into this Wick of Sportswick. Am I correct with that? Yeah, you're, you're correct. W-I-K is the first three letters of my last name. And also one of my co-founders also has... Vic at the end of his name, um, but uh, he's got a, a, a V instead of a W, but I, I kind of won that uh, that fight. Also, Vic as part of Wikipedia, because that's uh, a key thing about our, our product and platform, that people contribute with the content together. Very cool. Okay, okay, we're getting there. I can see you won that first fight, but I'm sure your founders uh, got a few in as well. But before we get to the concept itself, before we get to what Sportswick and all the cool stuff that you guys are doing, tell me about yourself. I always want to know more about the person. Where do you come from and how did you come up or how did you find this idea or how did the idea find you, whichever worked? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I live uh, far up in the north of Sweden in a city called Umeå and I have a background as a professional soccer player. So I Got to play against Slatan Ibrahimovic, Buffon, Cannavaro, and some of those big guys. And uh, sports has always been a huge part of my life. Growing up in a 
sports family where my mom was the chairman of the local track and field club and my bonus dad and his uh, his uh, brothers were very active in the club that I grew up and played in so I think uh, I think I was 17 years old when I was first uh, part of the, the the first club board um, that I was part of so uh, and then when I stopped my professional career I was I was a playing coach for teams in, in lower divisions and also I was uh, later the vice chairman of my old professional club for a number of years. And uh, nowadays it's mainly uh, coaching the kids. So I got two kids with uh, playing both uh, football and floorball and ice hockey and stuff. And I'm pretty much involved in everything. And also I, I started building mobile apps in 1999. So 10 years too early. <laughs> we were a couple of guys working with, with Cap Gemini up here in the Nordics who discovered those handheld devices that we could uh, build apps for them for pocket PCs at that time. And we were going around saying to people and in and, and companies that this is going to change every process in every company. And we're going to shoot pictures with these guys and we're going to make phone calls with these guys. But no one really understood what we were talking about because we were 10 years too early. But I usually say that that uh, sports tech is is the perfect merge of my two big passions for for sports and tech. That's a nice way to look at it. I mean, basically everything that you are today is a usually a product of where you've come from. So it's nice to see that you were able to combine those two things. But speaking specifically about first of all, I have to address all these cool names that you just mic dropped and name dropped on me. There are all these athletes that you've been on the same pitch with. But we'll get to that later in the show, maybe. But no, let's focus on Sportswick for now. Give me the elevator pitch. So what exactly do you guys do? Uh, what is the problem that you're solving? How do you solve it? B2B, B2C, what, what is the story? Yeah, so uh, our customers are sports federations. And, and what we solve for them is, is their need to improve coverage and engagement around amateur and youth levels. That's one of the problems that they have. Uh, another one is meeting the demand from, from sponsors and partners who wants new digital communication and, and digital engagement to keep and renew their sponsorships. And the third is that they need a way to reach and communicate efficiently with all the players, team staff members, parents, family and fans that make up the community of their sport. And in most federations, the organization is like a competition pyramid. The first top levels, the first... Uh, one or two divisions in a sport in a country has a media coverage. Uh, they have massive engagement. You can get everything from the matches broadcast or live streamed in an OTT. They, there's live score, interviews, pictures, and match reports. And also, there are sponsors available who wants to be associated with this. But on the levels below, the semi-pro, amateur, youth, there's a constant struggle how to get more coverage, more engagement, and how to get sponsors. And people who are passionate for their teams at these levels, they try to kind of fix this themselves using the tools they have at hand and using social media and other tools for uploading pictures to an Instagram account, videos to their YouTube there might be live streaming their match on Facebook or on an OTT. And the live score schedules, league tables and stuff is, is available on, on Federation websites or in 
basic uh, apps that the Federation have. And, and the result of this is a pretty fragmented experience for both consumers and content creators, because things are created using tools and consumed in tools that are not optimized for sports. With all that digital engagement taking place on the big social media platforms, those platforms are also those who monetize all this traffic, content, and the digital engagement. And the rights holders, the, the federations or leagues, are not taking part of that digital engagement, the user data, the traffic, or the money coming in from, from advertisers. And uh, I guess, Rom, just like me, you've been attending quite a lot of sport conferences uh, the last couple of years. And uh, a common message there is that content is king and data is gold. And federations and clubs need to take control over this and learn how to use and monetize this. At the same time, sponsors and partners to the federations are no longer just happy with traditional sponsor activations like screens in, in, in arenas and VIP and hospitality, they want digital engagement to keep and renew their sponsor contracts. That's a very key message from our customers the, and, and the federations that we talk to. And uh, at Sportsbook, we've spent eight years and, and, and 85,000 hours developing an app and media platform for sports coverage. The first five years, we did it as a standalone social media for sports. But a couple of years back, we realized that if we're going to achieve our mission of democratizing sports coverage and generating revenues for federations, clubs, and teams to survive and be able to grow their, their great work, this should be done together with the federations and leagues, the rights holders of the sports content. Since a couple of years back, we license our platform to federations. They get their own instances of the apps and the back-end media platform where they own all the content and all the data. But we're managing everything for them as software as a service. And with these apps, uh, they enable user-generated coverage of matches from all levels uh, with tailor-made reporting tools for that particular sport. So a team staff member, parent or injured player can be promoted to a team or club reporter and they can then input rosters, lineups, report goal and game events in a live score reporting with push notifications sent out to followers and also stream the match live. As you said, video is a, is a big part of, of following these days. And uh, all the other users at the match can also contribute with pictures, videos, commenting and sharing. And... Uh, Everything is tightly integrated with the existing digital infrastructure of the Federation. So competition management system, player registration system, so all the schedules, results, league tables is available together with the user-generated content in form of, of pictures, videos, commenting. So what we want to achieve is for every match to be able to get a fantastic coverage and enable family, friends, and fans to, to follow that just as if it was a, a big match at the top of the pyramid. Fantastic. So that's, let me sum that up. You're basically saying you're a digital platform for the federations to be able to provide quality content to their lower leagues, not at the elite level, 
to their lower leagues where through kind of like also because you have a social media angle to the product, to your SaaS product, then through that angle, the people who are consuming the content who are the parents, the fans, the friends of all the athletes and players, they can also interact, comment, consume that content. And because all of this is happening, it creates viewership, it creates community, and it creates opportunities for revenue, for money, for sponsors to come into the game, which can eventually go into the game and roll up to the federations so that they can do better good with it, right? I think that's this holistic approach to the solution is what attracted me to your idea the first time I saw it. So kudos to you guys and the team on all the work done so far. But coming into the work done so far, one of the beautiful use cases that you talked about in our European Sports Tech report was the, what? what is the number? Some crazy 24,837 matches that you helped live stream for the Swedish FA in 2024. I was surprised that so many matches took place, but that's that's <laughs> itself is great to know. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. But no, like that's, it sounds like that is like a big highlight for you guys. Was that what you would probably consider the greatest thing that you've achieved or maybe there's something else that you've done is even cooler. Yeah, I think I'll address the live streaming success in a short while. But first, I have to say that, in fact, what we see now is that it is not only on the, the lower levels of the pyramid that the federations are using the platform. What we see more and more is that they find this platform as their own communication channel as well towards the top level too. So, for example, the Swedish Football Association, they use this platform for live commenting and from the, you know, following the, the national teams from the inside. So exclusive interviews, footage and, and the commenting from the coaches, players inside. Kind of like, a, obviously, the match is broadcasted on the big TV channels. But this is kind of a, a, the second screen experience that people have inside here. So the platform is more and more also used uh, at the top levels. And I think that is also one of the key things besides the fantastic you know, coverage, engagement and digital traffic. One of my co-founders and a couple of our team members have a long background in marketing and communication industry, working with some of the world's biggest brands and agencies. And... We've used this, this experience to create new, innovative digital sponsorship activations and, and marketing features. So it allows brands and, and partners to communicate with the audience in a very personalized way and have ways of, of communicating and reaching the audience based on, on smart algorithms and data. So we see a, a big interest from top-level matches as well and the partners and sponsors around that to activate in new ways. For example, a partner can deliver the goal of your favorite team with confetti and sharing or 
talk to the users via an app version of the stadium LED screen or Jumbotron or deliver interesting match stat posts in the match feed. So how to enhance the user experience based on being on sponsored content and instead of only having kind of banners or takeovers to try to do that in a nice and personalized way, but also we have features that can take them all the way down to driving traffic to their physical stores by digital giveaways or coupons that they can be traded for real products. So I think you had a great summary, Ron, of what we do, but with the addition that the platform is also starting to be used on the top levels. Interesting. I mean, if you provide that kind of contextual, as you said, personalized experience for the end user, uh, for the end consumer, the fan, then no doubt sponsors will be interested. So yeah, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Good that you made that correction because if people who are listening will want to know about how they can improve the experience at the elite level as well, well, here's how you do it. You call Sportswick. But no, coming back to, I, wa- I want to talk about those 25,000 matches. And so maybe that's maybe that was across levels and, and talk us through that success of what you did with the Swedish FA. Yes, definitely. During the 2020 season, which obviously was a, a special season where the started off with people at the arenas, but then turned out to be no people. But in Sweden, matches were still played. And uh, using the super easy to use streaming tools in the app, 24,377 matches were streamed using MinFootball, which is the the version of of the app and platform that we provide for the Sweden Football Association. And that was across all levels, obviously not the the, the top level league in Sweden. The first two divisions are broadcasted in in TV channels. So the main part was, was down in the rest and the amateur and the youth level. We also, on top of those 24,000 plus matches in our app for the Sweden Floorball Association, 2,600 matches were streamed in only six weeks before that season was cancelled because of COVID. And uh, we were obviously amazed by the, these numbers. And uh, we've been looking at other big platforms for live stream sports and, and football. And uh, some of the, the biggest we found were streaming 22,000 matches from 109 countries. So us having over 24,000 matches from one small country up in the north is, is, is pretty cool. And you also asked, you know, if that's our, our, our biggest success so far. Uh, and I think that it probably qualifies as that. But I would also say that another big success is the, the contribution that our platform can do towards the, the new revenues for federations, clubs and teams. The sponsors and partners are very interested to, to be part of, of this new channel and to use these trigger an event-based marketing features that instead of showing things to people when they are not interested, you know, if you follow a match live, you don't want to go away to read about something else and go away to a different site just because you were, you happened to touch that, that banner that, that took you out. So instead, awaiting the right moment when someone, you know, in, at halftime, then someone can be interested in doing more deep uh, investigations and taking part of, of partner offers and stuff. So uh, this generates a substantial new revenue for 
centrally for the federations. But some of these sponsor and partner activation features are also made available for clubs and teams to sell so that they generate revenue from you know, the mom and dad's uh, uh, construction company or, or the local grocery store that can buy digital marketing from the clubs and teams in a way that the clubs and teams have never been able to, to offer before. We also are super happy that the, the revenue sharing from premium features like live streaming enabled us to pay out 140,000 euros to Swedish football clubs for, for three months of streaming last fall and uh, 50,000 euros to Swedish floorball clubs for only six weeks of streaming uh, before the season was closed. And I think that's uh, both in the tough times that we're currently in. And even if we're in normal standards, the sports entities on all levels are in a big need of, of finding new, new revenue streams to, to support and grow their clubs or the teams and um, the work that they're doing. Absolutely, Martin. I mean, money speaks, especially in times like these. So if you can provide a genuine source, create a new asset class, because you're finding almost a new asset for these federations to... Uh, or a new way for them to monetize an existing asset, let's put it that way. And that's really powerful. You can imagine that. All right, good stuff. So we talked about some some successes, apart from all those videos or all those streaming matches that you that you put out live. Flowball, by the way, I'm super curious. If you guys, if you haven't checked out Flowball, then Martin will start. I mean, just look it up. It's a super interesting sport. I've had a bit of fun watching it after you introduced it to me. But after having streamed all those live football matches, flowball, and also brought money to these federations, you guys have clearly achieved a lot. But at the same time, I'm sure there were some challenges that you faced along the way. Let me ask it in a different way. I often ask, what has been the best piece of advice that you were given when you had to overcome a tough moment or, or a challenge that you faced in this journey? Yeah, I think the best advice was probably also advice that got me to found Sportsic, basically, because that happened at uh, TechCrunch Disrupt. I was in San Francisco for the TechCrunch Disrupt conference when, while working as a, a business coach for tech startups in northern Sweden. And uh, there were some senior venture capitalists on stage, and, uh, and they said that if you're really going to succeed, you got to do what's in your heart. Because if you're only in it for the money, when things go tough, as they always do when you start a new journey, you, there are easier ways to make money if you're good. But if you do what's in your heart, you won't stop until the problem is solved. And I thought, what's in my heart? That's sports. For so many years, that was my number one priority. I had leaned into more of the, the tech business for a couple of years, but now, I really, thinking about what's in my heart, that, that's sports. And uh, on the, the sports journey, of course, there's been ups and downs all the way, especially we had a moment uh, in our early startup phase when we had an investor pulling out at the very last minute. We had five employees, no revenue streams, no money in the bank, just debts. So at a point like that, it's easy to give up. But luckily, me and my co-founders were not kind of ready to drop our vision and leave the mission on enabling every match to get a great coverage and, and generating revenues for teams and clubs. So 
in that point, we, we got some consulting gigs uh, besides our work with Sportstick and we're able to turn things around. But that advice on, on doing what's in your heart is, is probably what has uh, enabled us to face those challenges and, and take us uh, to the point where we are now. Wise words. I mean, I think certainly most people who work in the sports industry will say that if they were chasing the money, they would have, as you said, found smarter other ways to do it. But we stay in this space because we love it. Very cool. Love that answer. All right, Martin, let's talk about what's next. What does 2021 hold? Is it 25,001 matches? Is it going to be 50,000 matches? What are you guys going to get up to this year? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we've got a lot of fun things coming up. The football season in Sweden is uh, soon about to start. There's still snow up in the north where I live, but Sweden is a long country. And, and the football season starts generally in, in April or May. And hopefully we'll be able to kick it off uh, despite the, 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 the COVID situation. And uh, of course, we hope to see even more than the 24,000 live stream matches. And uh, we actually had 83,000 matches with user-generated coverage last season. So uh, there was another 60,000 matches that was not live streamed but still had user-generated coverage in terms of pictures, videos, commenting, live score, rosters, lineups, and the whole breadth that is available in the platform. So, And that was uh, roughly uh, 50% of all the matches being played in Swedish football. So we hope that we will improve that number. And also we have invented a, a number of, of very cool sponsor activations for partners uh, that we're very much looking forward to, to see how they fall out. And also we have some new digital features as combination of, of e-commerce and sponsorships that if it works, can become a substantial big new revenue streams stream for clubs. So there's a lot of things uh, happening. And also we're in discussions with a number of other federations in, in football and in other sports both in Europe and, and other parts of the world. So and that's kind of where we are. Our journey is starting to move outside of Sweden, which has always been, been our goal. And uh, we were very happy to see UEFA bring Min Football up as a, as a role model for how to work based on a strategic plan and, and roll out an app that, that not only gives... Uh, new digital engagement, but also uh, new new revenue streams for, for federations. Powerful stuff. I mean, first of all, it's quite a bit of news to hear. Nearly 85,000 matches or 80,000 matches in Swedish football. I don't know if India plays that many cricket matches. <laughs> but I'm, well, actually, they probably do. I'm, I'm joking. I'm 100% sure it's a bigger number than that. But no, that, that's a large number. So it's clearly a, a bigger piece of that pie for you guys to take. More revenue and more cool activations, which I look forward to. For those listening, Martin had showed me some of them, uh, which we did on a call before when we were talking about some other work, but they do some really cool stuff. And then the third one, as you said, moving out outside of sports, uh, sorry, outside of Sweden and outside of football. So hopefully we can see um, more cool coverage from you guys in other areas as well. I'm, I'm still waiting for that all access pass to the Flowball League. Well, I'll get, <laughs> I'll get that, I'll get that from you later. Yes. All right, uh, Martin, my last question, always my favorite question, I should say, as you mentioned earlier in this piece, that we're all sports fans first. I like to believe, 
and then we find ways to work in this industry. So to ask the sports fan in you, what has been your favorite sporting moment? It can be anything that you've either watched, but from your side, maybe I'll be curious if it's been something that you've participated in yourself with all those fancy elite footballers that you've been a part of. But whichever way, I, I always want to know, what has been your favorite sporting moment? Yeah, so as a player, it is probably the match where, where I played for the Umeå Football Club against Parma in 1998. Parma had a fantastic team at that point with Buffon, yeah. Cannavaro, Lilian Tiram, Chiesa, Crespo, Veron, Dino Baggio, yeah. Benarivo. So that, that team, they were pretty young at that point, but a fantastic team that we played in our home arena in, in Umeå. Wasn't Eriksson the manager then? No, he was not the manager, okay. but uh, uh, a friend of mine and, and a player from Umeå, Jesper Blomqvist, who then who played for AC Milan. And, and for Manchester Parma. United. That's yeah. 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 <laughs> so so he was a, a player in Parma at that point, and that was parts of how the match came up that we played uh, from the Sweden's second division, played against one of the top teams in, in, in Serie A. So that, as a player, that's probably one of my, my favorite sporting moments. But I would say overall, a favorite sporting moment has to be the, the, the summer of 1994, the World Cup in the US, uh, where, where Sweden uh, finished with the bronze medal. And it was magic summer. It was very warm in, in Sweden. Me and, and, and some my friends, we were, we were playing, training all days, being at the beach, uh, and then all night because they were played in the US. Uh, so the matches were in the middle of the night. And, and following that and the, the success of the, the Sweden team, that created memories that that will forever last and give that positive feeling every time I think about it. Fantastic. Got to love an answer which starts with in the summer of 1994. It doesn't get more <laughs> poetic than that. But no, so cool. I mean, there was a great World Cup. It was a hot World Cup. I wasn't there myself, but just from, from what you've read and what you've seen on television, it was, it was quite a spectacle. But no, I, I would love to know more and talk more uh, ask a hundred questions about what it was like facing up against that really good Palma side, as you said. Uh, that must have been an incredible experience. But about it, clearly we could go on and on, but that's all the time that we have for on this episode, man. It has been an absolute pleasure. First of all, congratulations once again on all the cool stuff that you and your, and your team have got up to at Sportsweek. I hope to watch some of the matches or plenty of the matches that you that you televise on your own that you showcase on your platform also for sharing your stories this has been uh, quite a nice little half an hour i think yeah and, and thanks thanks to you ron for 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 all the nice words and and for <laughs> for inviting me to to your podcast and and thanks for all the good work that you guys do at sportech x it's always a a pleasure following the things that you share on on linkedin and other channels and also reading the reports. So, so keep up the great work. I appreciate it. And I promise you guys, neither of us has paid the other person to say these nice things. We just <laughs> we genuinely, we genuinely believe them. All right. That is our episode for today. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, to know more about Sportswick, first of all, you can check that out, check them out on their website. It's sportswik, sportswick.com. But you'll also find them in this nice little document uh, that we published. It's a little report called the European Sports Tech Report brought to you by SportsTechX, which we published earlier last month. We are also soon going to be published our North American Sports Tech Report. So stay tuned to more content. And as always, if you want to see 
Ben, my co-founder, or me making fools of ourselves, testing out some cool products. Actually, not fools of ourselves, but just having a laugh. You can check out our YouTube channel, Hello Sports Tech, and also our website, hellosportstech.com. All right, guys, that's it from me. See you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.